Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really appreciate you joining me. Uh, so much, as always, to talk about. Um, I don't know about, about you. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling positive, as I was yesterday, about the, this rollout of the vaccine. Um, I've been a little bit wary, given how many things the government has promised us over the years, over the, over the last year, uh, they're going to do, and, and they've really not done a good job of, that actually they're doing a pretty good job of the vaccine rollout so far. I mean, we're not up with Israel standards, but there are a number of different reasons with that. But uh, certainly in England, uh, the rollout's going an awful lot better than it is in Scotland and Wales, uh, which we'll talk about. But also to talk about that court's backlog uh, story and um, just, you know, where we are when it comes to vaccine rollout. And of course, as you know, my obsession, the exit strategy, because uh, it was really interesting to note front of the Telegraph today, this getting jab could prompt public to abandon rules, say scientists. Ministers urged to warn people that coronavirus vaccination is not licensed to abandon lockdown absolutely isn't licensed to uh, to break uh, the lockdown rules. You have to obey the law. We're good citizens in this country. However, um, once it is rolled out, I think a lot of us have expected that it would mean that we would see an end to lockdown rules. But there's a, there's a lot of vague promises, but there is nothing specific. And those those goalposts keep being moved. It was the vaccine, then it was infections going down, it had been deaths, and then it was and then it was number of cases in hospital. And I, I'd love to know what the actual criteria are. We're told vaguely now what they are, but not what the actual um, you know key point at which a level of say admissions or whatever that that we would be able to get our lives back. So we're going to discuss all of that throughout the show, and also we're going to be talking about your stories as well. I put an appeal on social media yesterday for people to tell their stories about lockdown how lockdown has hurt them whether it's uh, losing their business whether it's a child not getting educated uh, mental health problems um, all of the many many issues people are having untreated cancer not being able to see uh, loved ones in care homes so many 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 different stories so I just don't feel are getting the same amount of focus as are the stories of people who tragically are are, are ill in hospital with COVID losing loved ones to COVID or the doctors and nurses doing wonderful work at treating those with COVID those are valuable, important stories, but they're not they're not the only story of, of what's going on right now. Uh, to join me uh, to talk about all of this is Deputy Editor of Spiked Online, Tom Slater. Good morning to you, Tom. Morning, Julia. Good morning. Um, let's talk first of all about the, this vaccine rollout. I mean, you know, looking very good, certainly in England. Uh, the figures, though, for Wales and Scotland are, are really, if you look at the simple graphs of jabs per 100,000, they've had the same proportionate to their population uh, number of jabs as, as England, and yet their rollout is really uh, not uh, moving on a pace. And we saw an extraordinary explanation for what was going wrong in Wales uh, from the First Minister, Mark Drakeford. Do you want to enlighten everybody? 
Yeah, that was really quite striking. So he effectively said you need to stagger the role so that people in vaccination centres are not standing around with nothing to do, which obviously alarmed people deeply because you think that with the necessity of not only tackling the public health issue, but also the lockdown and all of the havoc that is wreaking, yeah. to hear him saying that he's basically playing it slowly. It, I think he used the phrase, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I mean, all of this stuff just seems absolutely ludicrous. He tried to walk his comments back a little bit, but you look at those statistics in terms of the proportion of the population they have vaccinated, the way it is lagging behind England, you can't help but feel that something's going very wrong with our world. Well, we can't help but know that something's going very wrong, and I think Mark Drakeford is part of the problem. I, I genuinely believe that that policy is criminal. I, I, I genuinely believe that for a, a, a politician to not not give a, the vital health care, including the jab for people in their 70s and 80s who, who, who are in need and most vulnerable to this virus, to not give that as soon as possible when you have the wherewithal to do it. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's negligence on the high scale. If, if I were, mm. if I were, um, it, frankly, his party, I would, I would, frankly, get the men in white coats and, and have him wheeled away. I, I think it's that level of insanity. What, what can you do? But um, are you also alarmed, as I am, though, uh, by the this 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 constant moving of the goalposts in terms of the jabs going out? There are so many people who support this lockdown. I know I've been listening to a lot of your spiked podcasts uh, on this, mm-hmm. which I have to say I thoroughly recommend to everybody. Um, um, and, and and this sort of we've always been told, you know, there's no route out of this but lockdown after lockdown we're always told the the Prime Minister was forced to make a lockdown decision or we have no choice, no alternative we're constantly told this, despite of course there are many alternatives, i.e. all the alternatives always used until China did a lockdown in every country, through every decade of, 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 our, of our existence, but um, we, the idea was that well once we got the vaccine that's our route mm. out and now it doesn't seem to be the route. The reason why I've not been welcoming this, this lockdown as well, it's OK because it's just for a few weeks because we're rolling out the vaccine and, you know, we've gone this far. Let's carry on. Partly because the huge cost of lockdown is on top of the huge cost of, of COVID, which just makes it worse rather than better. Um, but also the goalposts are moved. The latest from Mike Hancock at that press conference last night, you know, we, we, he gave us three. When there, there were three different options. There was there was the sort of number of vaccinations given. There was the, the, the infection rate. We've got, you know, the death rate. And, and we've got hospitals not struggling as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when do we get out of lockdown then? Well, I think it would be obvious to anyone that the point at which you leave these restrictions is the point at which you have a large proportion of the most vulnerable vaccinated. Now, obviously, you or I might actually like those vulnerable who to be protected while the rest of us can get on with our lives whilst the vaccination rolls out. But nevertheless, I think that would strike people as reasonable. But as you say, the goalposts keep being moved. At first, it felt like it was mainly the public health officials or the epidemiologists who were you know coming out and saying in Neil Ferguson's case maybe it'll be November before we actually leave these restrictions you know Chris Whitty even floating the idea that there might be restrictions in place next December yeah. you kind of hoped there was a political tension there where the government in particular would be much more bullish would have to make that trade-off with the economy but you see what Matt Hancock was saying last night and you do start to think that that kind of capture by these experts that we've seen from the top of government the kind of far more cautious, far more pro-lockdown approach is seeping through even now. And it's it's more important now than ever that we make clear that there's a certain point we won't cross. And when you see headlines like concerns about the public not following lockdown restrictions after the vaccines rolled out, that's because that's perfectly rational. When you get past the point in which the vast majority of deaths are wiped off of the slate, the risk of those 
then why would you carry on to support this lockdown the same way? I think. Yeah. I mean, again, I have to state. I, I have to state that we, you know, people have to obey the law. But the point is, I want people to lobby for the law to be changed because it seems mm. to me that we've got we, the government is not being I mean, the government hasn't been following science for a very long time. I mean, uh, uh, since ever since Chris Whitty and Patrick Vallance, well, Patrick Vallance was openly talking about you know going for herd immunity, we've stopped following the science on this. Um, but, but back in you know, March last year, uh, but I mean, you know, April happy that March April the lockdown. I thought that was. Not happy. It was it was an absolute necessity, I think, at the time, given given where we were with our health service capacity and the like. But once we'd built up that capacity, then absolutely we should not have continued with it. And people who have been would have been sensible and done the right thing. The idea that everyone would have been out having raves and parties mm. it's just been patently insane. And again, it's that patronising attitude that we're all too stupid to look after ourselves and our loved ones and our fellow uh, community members. And I, I think that really says a lot about how people feel about their fellow citizens. Um, but the, but the key thing here is that is that the, the government is sort of basically being taken taken hostage by the health lobby who whose entire job is like you know, to stop people from dying like that that's their yeah. number one you know well i'm sorry but i didn't elect a government to, to, I've never voted for a government to stop people from dying just on the pure thing. I want people to have access to healthcare, but I want people to be able to make their own choices about their lives, about about the risk they're willing to take. So, for instance, you know, these, this health lobby could they could ban skiing. You know, mm. I go skiing every year. They could, they could ban, they could ban horse riding. People, people die horse riding. They, they could ban rugby. They could. There are lots of things. If you could have people just literally wrapped up in cotton wool in a straitjacket with with um, with robots working their arms to keep their limbs going, and no one would ever die early. But mm. but is that a life that we want? You know, this is the, this is the stuff of science fiction. We, fundamentally, whatever the health lobby says, whatever the NHS uh, is, is demanding, whatever we did not elect them. We elected a government. Whether you voted for them or not, they are your government to to make decisions. Um, and 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 it is it is fundamentally up to Boris Johnson and the and the and the government and the majority in Parliament. To, to decide on these things, and we must hold them to account for this. Because, do you think there is going to come a point when most people have had their either themselves, if they're vulnerable over seventy or, or clinically mm. vulnerable, when they've had their jab? Or I think for most of us, it's the case that we, our, our, our parents or grandparents have had the jab, and we feel that okay, right, the highest risk is gone. Not all risk. Because life is risky. You get being born is risky. You're you're, <laughs> you're facing risk. You're facing the risk of dying from the second that you are born. Indeed, from the second you're conceived. Um, th- th- do you think at that point people will say that's enough now? And and that's when the that's when the polling changes. Because I worry it's not even just the government being taken hostage by the health lobby. They're taken hostage by by public uh, opinion. They've scared the living daylights out of everybody. And now they're saying, but everyone wants these measures. Well, yeah, because you told them they were the only thing possible. I think that's exactly it, because as you say, the lockdown restrictions, it's incredibly authoritarian, it's incredibly tough, but at the same time it can only really survive of a certain level of public buy-in and public support. As you say, I think a lot of that support has been engendered off the back of fear-mongering and terrifying people, but nevertheless it still is there. The issue is when you get to a situation where everyone's grandmothers, elderly relatives, vulnerable relatives and friends have been vaccinated, where they know on a common-sense basis that the risk that they would pose to seeing them, say, is far diminished from what it was previously, almost to being non-existent. That buy-in is going to completely evaporate. And this is something which, for all of the kind of hectoring of the public, for all of saying that people aren't following the rules, even though compliance is actually still pretty high, considering how long we've been in to all of this, is the fact the reason we could only ever enter into lockdown was because on some level there was that public support for it, because there was this concern and concern naturally about people's relatives. As soon as that peels away because of these vaccinations, if, if you've got the government or SAGE or anyone else saying, actually, we need to remain under some form of lockdown well into the end of the year, perhaps beyond, 
people aren't going to put up with that. I really don't think I, that's I really the case. Hope... And also, because into this year, we're going to see the economic consequences in a much sharper way than we have in the past 12 months. Are we, are we though? Because the furlough scheme keeps getting extended. I'm very much of the view that, I mean, I completely understand why Rishi Sunak did extend the furlough scheme. But my God, I don't want people to suffer any more than they already are from this. But I, I sort of helped kind of thinking that actually, if... Um, if if we did actually have a situation where people were not on furlough schemes, mm. if people weren't able to work from home, things, you know what? I think people and they're comfortable in their pajamas. All those middle class people going, oh, I've actually found lockdown just fine. Oh, well, great for you, you know. But um, I really think that um, that people would be changing their tune and their their notion of the risks they're willing to take with their lives. And again, we are not. There is never a point when you can have zero risk, but we yeah. have to put risks in proportion. This is a deadly virus. It's a new virus. We we we've now only got you know. 10 months proper experience of dealing with it in this country uh, and obviously there are people who are at higher risk and lower risk but the reality is you know 99% of people who more than 99% of people who are not elderly and not clinically vulnerable um, you know do not do not die of this disease and the vast majority of them also do not get seriously ill I mean I'm sorry but it's Chris, Chris Whitty himself has been on camera saying pointing mm. out and, and Patrick Ballance the vast majority of people will not be at risk from this disease we need to protect the people who are at risk which is why so many of us have been very protective of our elderly relatives all these uh, this last year, and very understandably so, because it is a disease that is a higher risk of them. But bearing in mind, I think it's even more, you know, even if you've got two major underlying conditions and you're in your you're a man in your 70s uh, you, or 80s, you, you still have a 94% chance of surviving. So, you know, mm. the, the odds are always in your favour. That's the reality. And I really think that we, we need to get a bit of perspective on this. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.